Yo, 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 welcome to Crate 808. And today we've a very special guest on board. He's titled the illest wordsmith, his syllables worshipped, his first verse flipped on a scenic road trip. Yes. Ah, that's it. <laughs> Sex with obese females makes his mind sick. He swallows blood and spits out a crip John Wick. Beware, because yeah. if your tune's fake, he'll tie you in YouTube's basement with your booby waking. And what oh, he likes. No, 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 you're getting a little too much. You're getting a little too much. <laughs> They got, they got, they got, they got to pay for that. <laughs> I love that. And while he likes to chill, spark an L and get high, remember he's one hell of a guy. Fly Pelican. Fly Pelican fly. fly. You know it. Yes, people. Hey, 808, what's going on with y'all? Mate, you can catch him in the, in the, with the Smith & Wesson at the Smithsonian. This is the man right here. Hell yeah. Fat Boy Sharif is in the house. Cray 808, Fat Boy Sharif, link up. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Finally. We, we've been trying to get this probably forever but what better time than now you got me on my you got me in my business attire the, the sexy gray robe the couple the the, the the bottle of Amsterdam is right here love it so <laughs> yeah 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 this is what the vibe we want today this is Sending the emails and write, and write in the beats all day Love that. <laughs> Love that ethic. Look at this man here. What a legend. Do you know what? If anyone who hasn't checked out Footboy Sharif's uh, music, go check it out. If there's anything you need to know, I knew what kind of character and personality I'm going to be working with today when you're fucking writing and referencing Fly Pelican Fly. One of my all-time favourite 90s moments was Big Up Cuban Link, that verse. So yes, bro, uh, when you're putting that in your music, I'm, I'm here for it. So yeah, you're ticking the boxes. You're ticking the boxes. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But today we're going to talk, man, not just your music, but we're going to talk 1996's The Resurrection on Rap-A-Lot by the Fifth Ward Kings themselves, Ghetto Boys. And it's going to be, this is an album that's needed to be addressed. But before we do, I have to ask you, I ask everyone else, Fatboy Sharif, what is the least hip hop thing you've done in the last 24 hours, my man? Oh, damn. See, this is a good question. <laughs> I don't know to tell you the truth. Oh. Literally, <laughs> literally in the past 24 hours, I had a studio session, Boom. did some writing, had some Chinese food, <laughs> had some liquor. All of it's hip hop. So hip hop stuff. Yeah. I don't think I haven't done anything uh, <laughs> not hip hop cool in the last 24 hours. Okay, that's In fine. the last week, maybe, but. Yeah, but you're, you're so, hip hop is everything. This is another answer we get. Hip hop is everything. So can you have a least hip hop thing, right? So yeah, I feel you, bro. I feel you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to go in, right? Ghetto Boys, Scarface, Willie D, Bushwick Bill. Pretty unreal album. And I think people kind of in the know kind of know it is unreal. For you though, so Crate 808, it started off like a bit of like a hall of fame, a little bit of a twisted hall of fame for us, right? So you bring a record on and you say, this should get into Crate 808. Like why should to get into Crate 808? Why is it one of the best ever? So I want to ask you, why do you think this album should get into Crate 808? Why is it like so important to you? I'll tell you this. I first, the first, obviously I knew about the Ghetto Boys my whole life, mm. but from We Can't Be Stopped to all of the solo stuff, the To Do Us Part, when Big Mike came in the picture for a little bit. Yeah. I heard Resurrection for the first time, maybe like 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of later to it because yeah, when it first came out, ninety six, I was like maybe three or four. Like, it's like I'm old. Uh, uh, I'm uh, old. So <laughs> a, li a little fat baby. I was little fat. I was fat baby Sharif then. So I wasn't tapped in, but probably yeah. I heard it probably 10, 10 11 years ago, and from the the first time I heard it, it like hit me. It floored me. Like, and it was something over the years that I always went back to. Mm studied it it was kind of for me it was kind of like and hopefully this was not generic but it was just like i loved it because it was like powerful black music yeah and that's kind of like when i heard it it reminded me of like the curtis mayfield's albums from the 70s line of family song even public enemy nwa stuff from the early 80s where you hear it and it's just like yo this is just not about what's going on now this is about 10 years from now this is about 10 I haven't heard it before this week for probably like a year and a half. Mm. And me hearing it again, me hearing it again this week, the same I got the same feeling again, the same, the, the same chills in my bones. Like, yeah, it's just like, damn, like they they literally they created something special with that. And it was after most more importantly to me, it was after they had like a little riff in the situation. Mm. So to me, to me to bounce back like that. After having problems with somebody, after having problems in the group, and the group come back with an album that strong, 
Mm. It speaks to just like the, the greatness of their music forever. Like, yeah. what's the piece of Bush with Barrel? Absolutely. And, and greatness oh, yeah. in growth. I think like in hip hop and just in music generally, you have a sense of ego, you've got competitiveness, you've got to stay sharp, you're pushing each other. So to come back, reform, it shows this growth that I'm not sure was that prevalent in 90s hip hop. Like I didn't get, I saw, you know, you see like tribe changing, Della Soul changing. There is that kind of growth, but personal growth from like, like you said, drama, where you're not getting on, it's conflict. And then you come back to reform. Uh, let's not sleep on that. I'm so glad you pointed that out, man. It's so true. And as well, like, like you said, you've known them your whole life, right? So the weird thing is that they've done all their shit. They've formed like a massive base of Southern hip hop and hip hop generally. And then oh, yeah. gone away, done their own shit. The hype must have been real when this, because I don't remember this list since 96. It was like 99, 2000, early noughties when I was more in my 20s when I actually went back. Uh, but I'm thinking that time, they, I think Willie D had a solo out. Bushwick Bill had a solo out. Scarface had the diary out. So the hype is, like the diary is classic. It's all up there. And then you think, oh. 96, you then reform. I can't imagine that time just how excited and hyped you've got to be that these guys have come and Southern hip hop's completely different now. UGK, Outkast, you know, Goody Mob, like all these people have blown up and reformed the sound and yet still bring it with this. And it's just magical, bro. Absolutely. No, I was going to say that. I was going to say to me, another like amazing thing about the album is literally just the time period that it fell in. So you look at, it came out in uh, July 96. Mm. And if you look at just the whole landscape of 96, you got Reasonable Doubt, mm. Jay-Z, uh, Fuji Score, Master Ace Incorporated, um, a bunch of, uh, yeah, a bunch of incredible albums from that year. And to me, like, Resurrection definitely made its own land. Mm. It bottled up, it, it, it smoked and bottled up something that none of them other albums was talking about, especially from a down south perspective. Mm. Like you said, like the outcasts and the dungeon families and all of those albums from that era, I always call it like the classic. That's my favorite down south like era of music. Mm. So the dungeon family, the A-Ball and MJGs, the mm. UGKs. And to me, you gotta put the ghetto boys right in there with that album. And it was definitely different than all of those other albums. Yeah. Like in different levels, like more violent, more educational, more uh, straight ahead, more just make you think about certain stuff. Like even one of my favorite songs in the album and it kind of gets, I think it's kind of ahead of its time in the Bushwick Bill, I Just Want to Die song. Like over the, over the past five and six years, it's been a big, a big, big surge and just like people being aware like, the high rage and like black suicide and like mm. black mental illness. And that was something that they touched on, on that album in detail. And like I was saying, like I, I still get floored when I hear it. Cause I'm like, damn, mm. this sounds like something that could have came out now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Triple X, you know, all these people who've done what people have branded yeah. emo rap just to put it, give it a category, but it's not emo rap is every like, I don't know. I have a problem with categories generally, you know, like it's very hard to like, this is that, but the fact that they grew from mind playing tricks on me classic, which is about mental health. That is about mental health and yet still grow. And mate, fucking hell. I just want to die. Look at the, the title alone. It's so much blunter and straight to the fucking yeah. point of the heart of it rather than mind playing tricks on me, which is like painting the picture. This is more like, this ain't this is a photo. This is like this is literally a real life situation. I'm going through yeah, yeah. that the fact that I didn't dilute any of the message or in the in the like I want to die is like holy shit. This guy is yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Just before we get into it, because I want to talk about gangster rap as well in 96 to show that. But you said like you studied this album, right? As an artist, as someone who is completely unique, singular in the hip, I don't know anyone like you, bro. Like I just don't. Thank you, bro. I, I just think like sometimes I hear the ad libs and the and the off. It's like singing. Just, like, this guy's amazing. Like he just I don't know. You stick out. 
yo, 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 just breaking up this episode to tell you all about the Crate 808 Patreon, a place where you can help support the show so we can make you more dope rap chat and to go out there and get some bonus episodes under your belt and also get involved with the live chats with the Crate 808 crew and guests. Go to crate808.com or go to patreon.com slash crate808. Sign up for as little as buying us lunch every month. You can get two bonus episodes, including hidden gem album reviews from the golden era of the 90s. And also you get our series focusing on MF Doom and Jay Dilla and also the Wu-Tang Chronicles. Once a month, we drop an album review of every single Wu-Tang member. We're going to go through every solo album and then review it for you guys. And right now it's Ghostface. Go in there, get them Ghostface Killer Editions in your catalogue. So get involved, help us grow this show. And yes, big yourselves up. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Boom. For you... Listen to this album. What were like your takeaways, like your main lessons maybe learned or or what was it that you came away with that influenced your actual craft and art, if you know what I mean? Uh, the main things I would say is literally like always have something to say mm. and <laughs> definitely like just basically always know what you're writing for and always know what you're writing about. Sometimes people may get it. Sometimes people may not get it. It's nothing wrong with sometimes you write and you like, damn, I'm upset. I might want to say, fuck this person. I'm going to stab him to death. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And the next one, you might want to say, you know what? All of this killing we're doing is, is literally detrimental to our health. Mm. If we want to have a nice family and be successful in life, we need to kind of forget all of that. Mm. And the duality in their music is what I always love. Like, Because like I said, you'll hear something like Niggas and Flies, the Willie D song, where he literally just talking about people who just use people and people who not focus on what they need to be focused on and they worry about a bunch of about uh, they worry about a bunch of bullshit yeah did you did you get something like first light of the day where literally Bushwell Bill just talking about setting up a drug dealer and killing him yeah and those two different messages but it fits so perfect with just like how society is all of the exactly. feelings and emotions we go through on a day-to-day like Exactly. You know what you said there, the duality, and that's what gets missed in these reductive, polarizing, such like simple arguments about what I grew up with about around gangster rap, the term gangster rap being the thing anyway. Yeah. But like, as a head, you loved what, yes, it gives you that. But it's so reductive to say, oh, it's just about killing and shooting and violence and it's bad for, you know, it's bad role modeling, all this other bullshit you used to hear. And this energy they bring, and this album especially, it's a perfect embodiment of what gangster rap actually is. And it's being woke, as they now say. It's not, back then you never said the word woke, right? But it was like, I, I always saw it as Tupac. Like, Tupac was the guy, this, this album has Tupac energy except that Tupac was more completely, I will go that way and that way. I'm a militant soldier, but I am also like a thug and gangster on top of, whereas this one, it's more like honed in. But I just thought this album's a perfect argument for those people out there who say gangster rap ain't this or whatever. Listen to this. It's all of it. All of it is accomplished in this album. And I just thought... As a, I don't know, I don't know if you how what your thinks, what your terms are, like what you think about gangster rap generally. But as growing up with it, it was always tarred like you know, uh, if I liked something, they'd be like, oh, it's just gangster bullshit. It's like not, it's not. It's actually they're talking about today. You listen to the lyrics, you know, and uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what do you, what do you think? Like, I don't know where gangster rap kind of went. It seems like it became a little bit of coke crap, I suppose. But for you, I don't know what what you think of that reductive argument to what people say about shit that like this, where they might just call it like thuggish ruggishness and nothing more. Do you know what I mean? Uh, me personally, mm. I always looked at it as kind of just like literally like a camera, a visual camera to what was really going on in the world. Mm. So even if you look at before 96, late 80s where gangster rap started and they was having all of those uh, rallies and all of that shit where they used to like stomp the CDs outside of the yeah. city hall and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, that was that was going on, but literally, it was cities like Ohio, DC, Brooklyn mm. that had some of the craziest murder rates ever. So it, I always looked at it like you taking you blaming these people for literally real life situations that's happening. Mm. 
Mm. It's not like it's just, it's not like before the Ghetto Boys came out, the Thor War was like damn the Hamptons. Mm. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Mm. But to me, I always thought it was important where you get artists like the Ghetto Boys that put a, a camera on what's going on in the third world. It might change it mm. in one way or another. Like, depending on how somebody taking it in or how they digesting the material. Yeah. And even going back a little bit, like when you said the album got super Tupac energy, mm. I think honestly, by me listening to it and me, especially for that time period, I would say that kind of, I would say for that album, they kind of came in with Tupac left off. Because yeah. to me, after, after 96, he kind of became less a little militant, mm. especially signing the death row, like a lot of the so it was still the strong, powerful messages, but sometimes it was more party, mm. it was more rageful. So I would think so I'm, to me, like resurrection is kind of like the Tupacalypse times 10. Uh yes. Tupac, right? Yeah. If, if I had to break it down like that. <laughs> no, absolutely right. There, there was this shift in pack, and this is this is that fa facet of him that you know, like you said, two apocalypse. That that's it. This is exactly you've said it perfectly. I don't want to dilute your message, bro. That was exactly it. Yo, yo, just interrupting this episode real quick to get you guys involved with the show via the Crate 808 mailbag. Yes, hit us up, crate808 at gmail.com because we want all your hot rap takes, all cold rap takes. It's a long list of questions we have, but we want to know stuff like your best and worst rap concert stories, best examples of xylophone and flute in hip hop. We do have a Patreon Spotify playlist for that. Any football, soccer reference in rap, throw it our way. We are always ready for a few more of those. What are are the best guest openers on rap albums also with that who are the best features who has come in and stole that rap song we want to know your takes and it can't just be buster from scenario every time the strangest dreams you've had about rappers that's another one we get some great correspondence from that also what rapper swag would you wear to a wedding funeral or job interview where is the weirdest place you've met a rapper we've had snoop dogg in a cinema once it was amazing what is the best and worst rap merch you've ever bought and here's another one you have to get a rap song tattooed on you somewhere which one where and why uh, who is your gateway hip-hop group mine was crisscross who got you into rap also your last five mic moment that's one of our categories and i just want to know your last life five mic moment come on bring the feels i'm here for it is dj mugs on your 90s production rushmore if not why not we have a ghostface series on our patreon so we have our list for 36 best ghostface songs uh, our best ghostface features and also our favorite ragu tracks that's Ray and Ghost together our favourite tracks of those as well Goat Rap Duos we want to know you know but we talk about Ragu there there you go Goat Rap Trios hit us with them as well what is the most vulnerable song in gangster rap uh, that's inspired by Ghetto Boys I Just Want to Die and they can't all be DMX they can't all be DMX uh, Slept on Posse Cuts inspired by uh, stuff like Represents by AG and Showbiz what else have you got of that ilk uh, if Ken Burns did a rap documentary which artist which era and why uh, most satisfying verses to speak it, at home, in the shower, or karaoke. Uh, that's very much inspired by Del the Funky Homo Sapiens' work on Worldwide. And also, which song changes the way you walk the most? Again, Red Man's So Rough is one that always changes the way I walk. Favourite generic 90s hip-hop tropes or track features? That can also be fashion, like Timberlands, uh, rap trends, like, you know, having a kettle whistle in a track, just using it to amazing effect, like Public Enemy. Or, again, I've talked about them already, AG showbiz on soul clap do that perfectly uh, and what rap songs need cutting short i revisited the little kim hardcore album recently that has quite a few tracks that could be cut quite short also we're almost at the end here guys stick with me what is the most pharaoh munch opening bar in rap inspired by pharaoh munch himself on 36 seasons with ghostface as dr x he has some of the most but they're brilliant but they are the most pharaoh munch bars we want to know your takes on the most pharaoh munch bars and yes there you go that and anything else you want to hit us up on crate808 at gmail.com go to crate808.com for all your other needs now back to the show 
interesting though, I was reading just around like reviews of this album, what people think of it generally. And there's one guy I got a shout out because he put it perfectly. Because again, it's kind of getting to the heart of what I was thinking. So this guy called Dave Bry, I think it was on Complex. He was like, this album epitomizes the power and meaning and ugly, beautiful emotion of the subgenre of gangster rap, right? And he said, the message is that black nihilism is an inevitable result of the American project. And I was like, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about with this music. Like, there is this uh, idea of what America should be from us guys over here in Europe until hip hop came around. I'm interested to know what people thought what America was like. But to me, this was my, like you said, CNN. This was my, this was my news. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I heard the term 40 acres and a mule through hip hop and Spike Lee. You know, I didn't know what that was. I wasn't, getting, I wasn't getting taught that term. Oh, so they got that and then it ended up with this. And this is what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I just wanted to shout that out because I thought, I don't know what you think to that, what, what you think to what he said about this album being like that. And it is that black nihilism is in it, um, but also some kind of just like, not uplifting, but there are moments in the album where you're like, they've come, they're coming to terms with how they're living and trying to kind of deduce some sort of way of living from here. Although a lot of it is about death, if you know what I mean. I don't know, but yeah. No, I on that. That's kind of like what I said. Like, it definitely had a big impact on me because, like, I'll definitely for all of the all of the classic, powerful, quote unquote, conscious albums. I will put that. I'll put Resurrection right up there with It Takes a Nation of Millions. I'll put it right up there with Let's Get Free. I'll put it right up there with the first Rage Against the Machine album. Yes, like. Like I'll put it like I'll put it right up there with all of those. Like what's going on? Like and it's kind of it kind of takes it mixes little pieces of that mm. and it puts kind of just like a camera what was going on in the late eighties, early nineties with the black experience in mm. the youth and showed it like no other. So yeah, that's one thing. That's one amazing thing about the project forever that. Uh, I always get moved over and love about it. Love that. Good job you mentioned Rage there because I was just digging in. I didn't know Tom Morello loved, like, I think he even tweeted out Tom Morello was just saying it's just one of the baddest albums ever, like, just one of the meanest, funkiest music albums. I was like, yeah, you can see it's influenced Rage. You can see that they've heard this album oh, yeah. thought, holy shit. So, yeah, absolutely. I think Chris Rock even put it in his top 25 of all time. So, it is, it's permeated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like Permeate, yeah, it I don't know how much it sold and shit, but like maybe it got kind of, there was, a, there was a saturation of gangster rap at one point. So I'm wondering if this kind of maybe uh, got kind of saturized in that a little bit. Because over here, until it was Office Space, honestly, no one was talking about Still over where I was until Office Space used it. And when Office Space had it, everyone was talking about it. And rightly so, it was incredible use. I, I was going to say, my bad, I was going to say, that's their most successful album. So I would say like, mm. they kind of hit lightning in the bottle with that. That was the, I want to say that might've been their last album that charted. Cause oh. after that, it was the, uh, the, the, the Declaration Good. of War album. That was like their last, last album mm. after that. Mm. So I would say, well, I remember Resurrection, like, it definitely got in, like, the top 100, and it was definitely critically acclaimed. There like, go. people yeah. were definitely ready for the People were definitely ready for them to get back together. And ah, it got embraced. Love that. So if we're going into it then, we're going to go into tracks and that before, but Getter Boys, we've not talked about them on this podcast yet, so I need to know from you. Each member, Willie D, Bushwick Bill, Scarface, for you, what are they bringing differently as a group which is what is each of them bringing differently for you that you can't really find elsewhere and stuff oh uh, yeah hell yeah for me i'll start with willie d <laughs> to me willie d i get willie d is kind of like the grandfather that everyone loves but you got to kind of get on his good side to really appreciate him <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a perfect way of yeah brilliant yeah no <laughs> even like with his podcast like he i could like he's He's a straightforward OG. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what you need to know. He'll tell you you might not want to know. <laughs> we all love that though. They all love that. He is so militant. So militant on Salma. I love it. Absolutely. Just do not fuck about with Millie D. He just can't. Hard as fuck. Yeah. 
Nah, and I was saying Scarface is kind of like the OG uncle. He's your OG uncle that he might have got locked up a few times, but he didn't let the system take him down. And he'll tell you about stuff that you really need to know about different than Willie D would tell you. So mm. Willie D might just say, you know what? If he act, if this guy acts stupid, I seen this dude act stupid at the liquor store. He got smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> Willie Scarface might tell you he got smacked the shit out of, but the crazy thing is next week he came and killed the dude daughter that yeah. shot him. Like shit, <laughs> and yeah. he'll give you the full detail about why it happened. Mm, yeah, yeah. Love that. And Bushwick, <laughs> and Bushwick is the wild card little brother. So he might start a fight at the club. He might <laughs> grab you if you look at him funny. But he'll also he also can sit and talk to you about how he feel about religion mm. and economics and school you in a way that you might have not even known you needed to be schooled until you sat and had a talk with him. Yeah. So that's kind of like that's kind of like the uh the mixture of the group to me that I always love. That's what I'm so the you know the Bushwick Bill kind of space that's occupied in hip hop, right? I don't know. I throw other people in the ODB maybe is a little bit like that. I think there's that's why I love people like your music. Like you have it's you're not like the same, but you have this similar vibe, I don't know, energy, spirit, maybe it's spirit, that ODB spirit, that Bushwick Bill spirit of this is not conventional shit. That's what I'm saying. You know, Willie yeah, D, no, you, could, you could probably see Willie D, he's not conventional at all. He has his own mics in behind the mic, but like that is completely more conventional and straightforward than what Bushwick Bill, Bushwick Bill will bring. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad you put it like that. Scarface, I can kind of see this album, especially why he's in top fives. Like there are, we talk about five mic moments, moments of perfection on the album. I think Scarface have has moments, numerous moments on this album where it's just like, oh, yeah, of course you're in someone's top five. Of course you are a goat because I can't think of anyone, right? I'm trying to think of other people. But there, there are, again, maybe Pac had it a little bit as well, but he laces like just more morality and mortality in hip hop. He talks about death fucking shit all over the whole album. The whole album is about death and like Lee, him talk. It's a fantastic way to look at morality and humanity in hip hop, which may not always be there when you've got bling bling shit, you've got party shit. You know, it, this is that other space, which is like, no, it's almost like a hippie, hippie sense of spiritual. And like, it tells you like what death entails, not, you know, like how it is to live whenever else is dying around you type of shit. So yeah, I, I love that. You said about Scarface. One of my favorite things, right, about Scarface, by the way, is this. I love it, right? You know when he has a couplet? He'll drop a couplet. And the first line is this intense from the gut energy. He's going it from his stomach. And the second <laughs> line is like a little whisper that's just laced with like pain and, you know, humanity and darkness. He'll go, and then come in with a, uh, duh, 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 duh. and do the second lines even I don't know how to put it but uh, maybe I haven't got the language to articulate what I'm trying to say but uh, yeah I just love how he does that impact of that is it hits me harder than someone just straight like Willie D straight lace just you know damn motherfucker damn motherfucker still fool like yeah okay I know <laughs> I know where I am right now you know and Scarface has that other moment of I'm going to bring you in then I'm going to whisper to you the moment of real pain it's yeah fuck incredible love love him man absolutely no it, 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 it's amazing because I'll tell you this like Scarface been in my like top 10 ever and I would say like on Resurrection in particular like mm. it's literally like stuff he's been on there that's that like I cried over that I'm like yo do you hear like the the realness and just what he's saying mm. even literally like I would say it gotta, it gotta be top 20 verses ever his verse on Point of No Return <sighs> Sheesh. Bro, bro. Where it's literally, where it's literally, he literally going back and forth from the situation that's going on in the streets, mm. but he's doing it from from a perspective of literally the person who put him there. Mm. So to me, like it's crazy. Just where he, uh, he said, "I infect your neighborhood with this thing called hate." Yeah, uh, yeah. Make yeah. You hit your you own kind, make you hit your own kind and dissolve your fate. You don't work. You don't eat. You don't sleep. You don't greet. 
And now I got your ass up on these motherfucking streets. Fucking hell. <laughs> what is this guy? What is he on? Like, what? Like, I don't, like you said, top 20 verses ever. I think this is right up there. Just listen to how he kicks that verse off, right? The power in this song and that piano riff, which is fucking rewindable as fuck, all that shit about that song. It's a five-minute moment for me, point, point of no return. And he says, um, what if I learn to work your beat and fuck with you in the ways you fuck with me and underline, underline all your downfalls for you, catch you fucking up and bring the pound down on you. Yeah, that shit, are you? That's what I'm saying. Like, infect your neighborhood with this drug called hate. The what you just said, that... That is beyond anything I'm hearing in like any other 96 shit. Like this is that real life. I'm seeing you from that point of view and this point of view. What if you were in these shoes, in these circumstances? And yeah, it's, it, it, it germinates. There's germs of that in all of like the wire for me. Like when you hear that, that is yeah. the, what the wire is. And it's just put it all there. Like, you know, how are you going to keep doing this to us without some sort of backlash and that's why this black nihilism in like mob deep and in in ghetto boys and all the grave diggers that nihilism you can see exactly where it comes from where horrorcore you know gangster gangster nip shit comes from some of that you know it's horrorcore but it's also that so yeah it's um, like, you know what it is bro and this is what i know you're a big horror movie fan i know you're a big film fan generally but like <laughs> i just wanted to say one of the things i love about horror the best bits about it is when it's you're giving me the why you're giving me the reasoning as well as the actual shit. Yes. I want to see people get chopped up, but the best shit for me is where you get that. Why same with gangster rap or hip hop gangsterism, say all the shit you want about killing people, jumping people's heads off all that shit. But if you're then like Scarface and Willie D and Bushwick, and you're telling us the why it's perfect shit, man. And you can nail it, nail the landing and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, you now nah, he, he his his performances on that album was incredible. like even the the uh, ghetto fantasy. He oh. said he opened opportunity, but for me, it ain't no open opportunity. Mm. So since Mickey D down to my community, because it ain't help me feed me or my family Jeez. on the Rilla. You take seven days from a nigga, ain't got Skrilla. Now you got a born killer. Then you got a born killer. Then I, I go a lot of the most impactful. Probably the most impactful bar on that whole album or that section, especially because of what's going on now in the world. Mm. When he basically brought it to the politicians, where he said, um, mm. "Once you let them in, they don't know you. <laughs> Once you let them in, they can't do jack for you." Yeah, they, they said we can't fight fair. You turn my ghetto uh, fantasy into a nightmare. Sheesh. Bro, bro, like Sheesh. this is the power. I'm speechless. I can't think like of even, what is it? 30 years, like going on to 30 odd years now of this album. And you're still like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, I just, I just w want more of it. Like I get it today. Your work, Curly Castro's work. I'm getting that same, you know, message, the energy, the commentary. That's what I'm loving. And it all starts from shit like this. Yo, what up, y'all? This is DJ Premier, and you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. Hey, yo, 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 this is your boy, Farrell March, and right now, you are rocking live with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, what's up? This is Del, the funky homo sapien, down with hieroglyphics, the funk pimp. Come on here for some good shit. Yes, yes, you're rocking with the best. This is the one and only Just Blaze. Right now, you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. This is Open Mike Equal, and you are currently rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, peace and love to this homeboy, Sam. Man, and you're rocking with the Crate 808 podcast. It's the place to be. So good for you. Hey, what's happening? This is Trevor Nelson, your R&B ambassador, talking all things R&B and hip hop on the Crate 808 podcast. Hey, yo, yo, check it out. This is the rapper Big Pooh, and I need you, 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 and you to make sure you check out this week's episode of the Crate 808 podcast. Tell everybody the rapper says so. What do you think to, this is another five mic moment for me, right? I'm sure it is for a lot of people out there, but what are your thoughts on Still? Oh, I'm not going to lie. Still is probably, it's definitely my top 20 favorite rap songs ever. Ooh. But I'll say definitely like, it may be the best album opener ever, especially coming from the power of the first uh, Larry Hoover yes. call when he called, when he called Jay Prince and he just like, yo, they got me locked down, but 
black people, we need to get our mind right. Mm. Like <laughs> mm. we need to, we need, we need, they, they want to put me away because I want to let these people know what's going on. Mm. And to me, it's literally the flip side of what, what Larry Hoover saying to the lyrics on still is it kind of puts, it puts you in the driver's seat. Like, all right, this, we're going to show you how we got from Larry Hoover to still for the rest of this album. Yeah. Like, and it and it does it perfectly, like yeah, yeah. That song is that song is brilliant. Like yeah. it's one of those, like it needs to be on. You know when they when VH1 do them silly ass like greatest rocks. Like to me, that's like one of the best rock songs ever. Yeah, just energy wise. Yeah, it gives me like the Rage Against the Machine, Bad Brains. Like mm. it gives me that type of vibe for sure. Like yeah. to me, that's like a genreless song. Even though it's a hip hop song, it's a genreless song to me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's what I'm talking about. That that is that bad brain shit to it. That that fucking it's a it's a masterpiece. It's a demented masterpiece. It's not the kind of shit you're gonna hang up on your wall at home. It's that shit you're gonna put up when you're fucking angry and you know the world is unjust. This is what happens. This is the type of shit that gets put together and just one of the most memorable earworms in 90s rap generally. You know, die motherfucker, die motherfucker, still fool. Like even now, that that encompasses, to be fair, production-wise on the whole album, there's a death row, Daz Dillinger. Like I can hear those moments. Like I can hear like Ice Cube's Natural Born Killers in some of this, you know, and it's like, it's all that, it's all amalgamated, but not saying they're, they're like biting, they're making it their own, but it has that same yeah, kind of, you know, feel. And, um, when you're making it funky as well, like still is funky. And I don't know, what do you think to the, Hey, office space, the print, I'm, I'm sure you've watched office space. Have you watched office space and the use of ghetto boys in office space? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, sweet. So what were your thoughts? And I don't know. Did you hear that first? Were you after, what do you think about it now? Like as, as a use oh, no, of ghetto I, boys? I, I heard the song way before I saw the movie. Ah, okay. okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Me seeing it in the movie was just like, oh, that's dope. They had that in the movie. <laughs> Bro, it's as a kid, Hip hop in film, unless you were going to black filmmakers and the black experience, ideally you weren't getting like I'm trying to think when I was a kid and all the big fucking teenage films, there weren't there wasn't much of hip hop. And I remember seeing it, and I love how Office Space portrays how white people, but not just, just non-black people, deal with hip hop in the nineties. The guy at the beginning has got I, I don't know who he's playing, but he's playing it loud, he's singing it along. And a black guy is coming towards his car and he turns it lower, locks the door. All And you think, oh, that mm. is the space hip hop occupied. It's uncomfortable, but that is so true. I remember so many of my white mates being like, oh, you know, loving this DMX, whatever, whatever. But when it came to like actually interacting with black people, there was a disconnect. Terrible. Yeah. Scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> And, Terrible. and it's weird. And I was the closest thing to black in my school. So maybe I felt more like I'm the outsider. Like I was, there was only white people. I was the only brown person. So it had this moment of like, oh, that's weird that you're getting like that. But what I love is how he, Mike Judge flipped it on this and makes it about a printer. And then he used them again on Silicon Valley. He is a Ghetto Boys fan. And I kind of think, I'm glad you put it in front of white people to be like, do you understand how we maybe are you know, being a yeah, little yeah. bit, you know, hypocritical or, you know, there's dichotomy there that is, there's a duality there that isn't comfortable. I kind of think it was great of him to use it like that. And it's funny as fuck as well. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, hell yeah, for sure. The world is a nah, ghetto that, then. Go, sorry, go on, go bro, go, go. Oh, no, you ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, the world is a ghetto. That's another five mic moment for me. For you, wh wh where are you at with that song now? What does it mean to you now? And what does it mean to you then when you first heard it? Uh, I got to agree with you. Another five mic moment, but definitely kind of, I love like, kind of like how I said, Scarface put the mirror up to from then till now on the political situation. Bushwick did the same thing with that. Mm. Uh, 300 niggas died in guerrilla war. Village in Africa, but ain't nobody can. Mm. They just went to go get the game, goddamn grave diggers and said, Come get these motherfucking niggas. Right, and how he broke that down exactly what's kind of going on now today. Mm. And kind of like, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Well, as a ghetto, I was saying, I loved how 
on that verse, kind of like how Scarface put up the mirror from what was happening then to now on uh, Ghetto Fantasy. Mm. Bushwick did that same thing with his verse on that. Mm. 300 niggas died in guerrilla warfare in a village in Africa, but ain't nobody can. They just went to go to goddamn grave diggers and said, come get these motherfuckers. Like, mm. That's like powerful right there. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. It, yeah. And I would say, like, that just shows how ahead they were with their content and the stuff they was touching on. And like you said, Scarface had a lot of fire mic moments. Mm. Bushwick. Bushwick had a lot of fire mic moments on this album to me. Like Bushwick always been one of my favorites, but on this album in particular, he shot like yeah. on songs like that. First light of the day. I just want to die. Still like, oh fuck, Chuck's on the killer spree again with guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. He's on the yeah, I love that line. It's amazing. He has it. You're right. And I think there's like it's really set up nicely with Scarface on World as a Ghetto. Oh, one of the lines where he fucking it kills it. What was it? Every morning I got a kind of, uh, I'm kind of glad to be alive because thousands of my homeboys died and very few yeah, died I mean, of old age. In most cases, the incident covered up the whole page, bro. Like that, that is the incident covered up the whole page. That was unbelievable. And then, yeah, the Bushwick Bill, man. You've got it right. That was unbelievable. Yeah, look at this. For, for an impressionable 15-year-old, this is kind of the ABC politics you may need to know. Name a section in your city where minorities group and I'm going to show you prostitutes dope in hard times and a murder rate that never declines. That's that's to the heart of it. You know what I mean? That's the American dream twisted up, man. So, yeah. And the video's sick as well. I, I love the video for World is a and, and you can't forget people fleeing their country to come here, Jack. They see the same bullshit. Head right back, yeah. They let you know that with the world already know the world is again. And it, it's ill because... What like you were just saying, the whole situation where you saw office space. Mm. Now you bring that up to Willie Devers. What out out of town, southern nigga down. Yeah. I wish you would like connected perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Willie D has their moments where it's I mean just... he was talking he was talking to those people. He was talking to the office space audience <laughs> to me on that on that verse <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. This is the weird. I'm so glad it got so big and popular. So people have it in their bedrooms where you're like, holy shit, would you ever hear this anywhere else? Um weird thing is, I didn't what was it now? Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard of this film. Uh, the world is a ghetto is for from I'm watching the music video, right? And there were excerpts from a film with like Pam Greer and Jim Brown. I was like, what the fuck is this film? And it's original gangsters from 1996. So the world is a ghetto is on, must be on that soundtrack because they have excerpts of this film in, in the music video. And I've never seen it. And I kind of now really want to watch it, especially if the ghetto boys are on the soundtrack. I don't have you ever watched it, original gangsters, Jim Brown, Pam Greer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's that's my joint. Oh. It's set in uh, Illinois. Okay. <laughs> What's it about? What's yeah. this? Is it good? Is it good? Yeah. You got to peep it. It's a, it, it, it's a cool, it's a cool joint. Okay. Okay. I've done. Yeah. yeah. Never even heard of it. It's amazing. I just missed this, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what else we got here? I've got here. We talked about point of no return. Absolutely. It's, it's right up there. What's the Scarface bars on there? You, we fuck me. Jesus Christ. Scarface on there. <laughs> that might be, it's, uh, I'm trying to think, is that all time Scarface? Yeah, that might be all-time Scarface. Talk about it, it? That might be all-time Scarface. It might be. Uh, Willie D's great on that because he's like, I'm the, I'm the type of end that throw a party when the flag burn. Like, that's the point of no return. Yeah. That, that <laughs> let's be honest, that's 2020 energy. That's that energy when people are like, yeah, fucking let's burn this fucker down. So yeah. You know another five might moment for you, uh, Fat Boy Sharif? I need to hear this from you, see what you're saying to it. I think Hidden Gem as well. But for me, another all-time Scarface verse, Time Taker. Time taker, bro. Funny thing, that was on my hand gym list. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Drop your that, that in first light, that in first light of the day. Mm. That in first light of the day was on my head and gym list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you what you say to it? What what that's where he does the da -da 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 -da, and then da -da -da -da. on the you know, he 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 brings that energy, then whispers he does it all over that. And I love it. I love the way he does that. What is it? What what is it for you on that on that track that gets you? I love just kind of like how he spoke about time and the essence of like, you can't get away from it. You can't escape it. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. even going, even how he, how it segued into Willie D verse, where he was talking about killing the 
uh, guy and having to deal with the remorse of telling his daughter that he's sorry, but mm. sorry won't bring him back and he ever dreams about it. And at the end of the verse, he get killed. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. What was it? The, you, the concept of time and morality and death and all the shit that Scarface is talking about is summed up when he says that. I, I close my eyes to reframe my thoughts, open my eyes to remain untaught, Fuck man, that's a Billy Woods line right there. Why my life got to have a yesterday? Why can't I memorize tomorrow and live my life in, as just a day? Come on, like that. That twists your melon. You're like, holy shit, yeah, like, and yeah, absolutely amazing. And what that? You know that thing about you said about the office space audience and that um, idea of white guilt and you know that kind of thing. It's all there when they're putting it in the hook, when they're saying, um, maybe, was it you wanted to hear my life story when I told you, maybe there's answers to my question in your manila folder. And that, and, and, and that is perfectly, you know, yeah, you haven't got the answers right there. The answers probably, you know, they aren't easy. These aren't easy things to uncomplicate because you've got to own up to the shit you've done and reparate you know, for that shit. And there is none of that. Like that doesn't, that's not how they're working. You know what I mean? And uh, just the confessional side to it is just fucking incredible. So yeah, absolutely. Other tracks then, bro, like most rewindables, you talked about hidden gems. Uh, I've got open-minded as my most rewindable, but is uh, do you have, do you have any others? I was going to say, mm. I was going to say, oh, Willie D's versus open-minded is another top five. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The first time I heard that, we was blasting that shit so hard in the car, we had a car accident. No way. Literally. <laughs> Literally. I remember that because we heard it and we was like, yo, shit is crazy. So we played it again. And one of the homies, he driving, open heart surgery. Feels he going to bleed. Yes, indeed. Motherfucker took my weed. Give me a car. Don't give a fuck about the really dance. Couldn't give a fuck about the people. There's a lot of niggas think that they can get with D, but don't flush it down the toilet. Get that shit to me. It gave you toe up from the. I got some shit. Make you throw up. Soon as it got to the throw up, we hit a car oh. and the night was ruined. But oh. for that for that time, Willie D had it to the zone. Bro, I was gonna say that is the energy of the song, though. It's this manic, <laughs> aggressive, scary, like just hip hop horror film energy of open minded. And uh, do you know what's good as well is that little flourish on the production where they fade it out before the Willie D manic last verse. You know that little yeah, fade yeah. out. You think, oh, okay, this is how we're ending this. Nah, mate, we're bringing it back and we're just fucking going in. What does he say now in that same verse? He says he wanted drama, so I gave it to him. A blood puddle on his way to his ghetto is my rebuttal. F uh, fucking unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, yeah, hope and art surgery. Shout out to DMG. DMG, DMG set that off proper too. Yeah. DMG had a dope opening work on that. For yes, sure. great shout. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. I mean, they have these other acts I've not heard of much. Um, What was the Menace Clan? I don't know if I've ever heard Menace Clan as much after, you know, I think it's Blind Leading the Blind. I think they're on there. That was a skipper on my list. Ah, Blind Leading <laughs> the Blind. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't bad at all. But mm. to me, like I could take that and niggas and flies, I could take out off of my uh off of my version. I can take the that. album would still the, the album would still flow perfectly. Yeah. But only two skip only two skippers. Nothing crazy. Bro, two skippers on a on a long album. It's a long album. And they're long songs as well. They're not like short songs. Uh, so absolutely okay. I will take I'll get I'll give you that. Absolutely. Mate, first light of day, you talked about it. Hidden gem. I mean, that piano is infectious as fuck, bro. Like, again, Scarface painting pictures as well. Step out my corner where a box of rocks, drama covers my hood for blocks and blocks. I mean, that's that shit. What's he say? Actually, no, I love this as well. See my homie that I hang with, hit him up with the deuce thumb thang shit. That is just painting the picture of your life in two lines. That, okay, your homie is there, you do. And this is, yeah, the Scarface thing on First Light of Day is great. Hey, what's up? This is Black Thought, and you are now rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. This is Stretch Armstrong. Ooh-wee! My name is Bobby Garcia, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. You're now listening to Crate 808. Hey, yo, what up, y'all? This is Prince Paul, and you're rocking with Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, it's EV Evidence, Dilated Peoples. You're rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast, my favorite shit. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Master Ace from Brooklyn, New York. 
and you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. Real Hip Hop. What were, you, what were you gonna say about first lot today? No, I was gonna say that was definitely a favorite of mine. Just and I'll say I'll connect this on with uh ghetto boys and girls, where mm. to me, just on like a storytelling level, the ghetto boys has always been like in their own class with their attention to detail. Mm. It's kind of definitely like real movie cinematic y, like yeah, even like. First light of the day, how Bushwick get into the details about setting up the drug dealer and mm. killing him and robbing him and all of that. And then, and I would say it's probably the the essential Ghetto Boys song for me in their whole catalog, mm. the song Ghetto Boys and Girls, where yeah. literally, literally to me, like, you get the whole history of the group. Like, if you put, if you wanted to put somebody onto them for the first time and just be like, yo, mm. it was a group from the 80s that Change the sound of music forever. Uh, listen to this. To me, it's literally like the perfect song. Like even if you hear Scarface part, mm. where he says it's time to bring Brad Jordan to light, it's kind of like you can hear his verse and be like, okay, I understand the whole Scarface story. Yeah. Did you hear Bushwick? With Bushwick talking about all of the stuff he went through in the Fifth War, mm. you could be like, okay, I understand the whole Bushwick story. Mm. And then Willie, Willie basically breaks down their whole career. From how they came out with uh, uh, my playing tricks on me and took over. Mm-hmm. Then going into the we 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 fell out a little bit, and then he ended it with just uh, we back together. We was gonna blow this whole city up, but we sat down and handle our business. Handle our businesses like men. Yeah, like t- perfect song. Like right. I, and I love the uh, I love the Willie D Scarface. And Willie D, uh, send the niggas back to the studio to get their shit tighter. Yeah, and they thought they thought they would. They thought it never happened again. But we sat down and handled our businesses like, like yeah, woo! yeah, bro. They got it going. They got it. They're cooking on. That's another thing, right? To to come in. I don't know if it helps to push each other like that. Like they've been apart for a few albums now. They come back in. They've done their solo shit. I don't know if Scarface would be as good if he didn't have Willie D and Bushwick pushing you know like willie d's doing peak shit and they're all kind of just hitting that premium uh i wonder if it is that here's here's the thing we'd like to ask i'd like to look i'd love to be a fly on the wall of the studio sessions and just to see what it was how it was all kind of forming for you we do ask uh there's that beatles documentary came out it's an eight hour documentary would you two questions would you take an eight hour documentary on the ghetto boys and two, if you absolutely <laughs> boom. Second, then, if you are taking that, what era of Ghetto Boys do you want to? What sessions? What kind of year? Like what? What? What kind of era of of Ghetto Boys do you want to see that that eight hours about? If you know what I mean. I, I would say literally give me eighty eight to ninety six. Yeah, give it all. Give it yeah. all. You got eight hours. You might as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. Fair, so give fair. me hell yeah. So give me uh. Give me oh, gripping on that other level. Yeah. So give me the the studio sessions for Mind of a Lunatic and Let a Hole Be a Hole and all of that. Yeah. Then bring me in the trophy and the the actual situation with the album cover for We Can't Be Stopped. <sighs> then you could bring then you could bring me into the solo stuff. Yeah. So the Diary. the the Bushwick solo album, the the mm. Mr. Scarface album. Mm. You could have Big Mike have a section in with the uh, as it's a death we part album and then you can end it around that resurrection era and that it, it, it'd be it, it's a, a, a grammy winning documentary <laughs> for sure bro to be fair of the groups that are out there and there are people getting more love now but even now right there's small little rock groups from the 60s that had hardly any following are getting love now I'm waiting for that moment in hip hop, right? When we as a culture can reflect on it. It's not like it doesn't have to be other people outside the culture, but people in the culture reflecting on acts like the Ghetto Boys. I don't always need a straight out of Compton. I like having a bit of a biopic, but I'm talking about straight up documentary. Ghetto Boys absolutely need that. I need to know what made them tick and how they work together because it must have been fucking crazy. And let's be honest, you could do a whole episode just on Bushwick Bill stories. The, here's, the stories you're hearing about Bushwick Bill are crazy. So um, 
yeah, I, I have no other... Tr- well, actually, no, Hold It Down. That's a fucking banger. Love that. Uh, talked about I Just Want to Die. I was wondering, is that one of the most vulnerable... Like, there's a lot of confessional shit on this album, but that might be the most vulnerable song. One of the most vulnerable songs in hip-hop. Like, right there. That's actually my favourite song on the whole album. Mm. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah, said that. Like, mm. Yeah, nah, it's definitely like... It's definitely a song that... I'll never like whenever I hear it, it always hits me the same way mm. that I when I first heard it. I finally let it see a picture of my whole life. And for me, the end it would be so like yeah. somebody put me on the back street so I could leave my shit on in the back seat. Cause I don't want my life no more. And I don't want to fight no more. Yeah. Oh. I've seen this shit before, but it died out. So I shot my fucking eye out. Sheesh. Bro, do you know what it is? The way you're the lyrics absolutely on point the way he's saying it the way i shut my eye out i don't know if they're putting shit on his vocals or whatever in the studio but it yeah. is so impactful it's like as impactful as when willie d says he'll burn the dance when the flag's burning when he says die motherfucker I'm, i don't know if there's many people who've said die motherfucker die as well as and it feels like willie d <laughs> means it like he's like in the studio literally wishing you to die you know and that's what i'm saying that's that's exactly how it sounds that's what that's what bushwick sounds on this it's like fuck it's, the lyrics are incredible but the delivery oh and scarface as well like yeah you you, you there's no lyrics. man alive that could promise breath yeah but once we arrive i could promise that jeez bro jeez so I mean, yeah, this is, I, I don't know how much, much more I can say about this album. The fact that it is just incredible. Of course, it's going into Quay 808. It's, it's Ghetto Boys, the first time we've talked like really about them. What else do they do, right? Death Do Us Part, uh, We Can't Be Stopped. That's 91, 93. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, 1998. We've got all these other, I'd like to dip into them other albums, man, and just see what they were, how they were figuring shit out. Talk about further listening. You talked a little bit about it. I was just to straight gangsterism before early this morning and uh, I even watched the video as well and that's still brilliant and um, talk about looking after your mum and that's the type of shit I can get down with in hip hop you know what I mean like yeah like of course look after your mum like that type of shit and uh, straight gangsterism for me is if people do enjoy this and they want to get another little ghetto boy hit go go to straight gangsterism it's fucking wicked um, and anything Hell else yeah. from you on this album uh, that you think that you want to put out there uh, just a brilliant project. Anybody who's listening who never heard it, definitely sit and build with it and take time with it for sure. Because like I said, like it's up there with all of the amazing, classic, powerful projects of, of, of music history to me. Yeah. So the Curtis Mayfields, the CV Wonders, the Rage Against the Machines, the Bob Marley's like, you could put Resurrection right up there with that and the sense of power and the meaning of it. And it's, it, 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 it always, it always hold weight. It'll never, it'll never, the, the meaning of it, it never sour. Like mm. it always, it always be more relevant and relevant than ever as time go on. Like yeah. for sure. Unfortunately true. But even as a historical, just artifact, just look at it and think, yeah, that's what, where we've come from. Let's not forget those fucking lessons when we're trying to move forward. And absolutely, bro, honestly, I could sit here and talk to you for, I, I can't, I'd love to have you on again. The doors are open, bro. Like the energy. Hell yeah, let's do it. The energy <laughs> is what I'm talking about. And I love this when there's another head and you can just tell me why you love something as much as this. Absolutely amazing. But bro, let us know what, what's coming up for you though. Like, you know, tell us where we can find you, what you got coming up. Cause I'm excited by the stuff I've heard so far. Uh, you're obviously your last projects and man, bro, you're on Atheo. It's one of my album of the year so far. You're on there. You're, you're absolutely killing it. What, what we got to look forward to, bro. What, what you got coming? First, I just want to say shout out to you, bro. Cause oh. created 808. Y'all always show me love and support it from the gate. So thank you, bro. No, it's, it's, it's all, all you. And, and, and I just love, how far y'all have come and how y'all continue to kill it and always amazing content every every time. So oh, shout bro. out to you have to create 808 for sure. Get over to the UK, do a few shows. We're gonna go out fish and chips and have a beer. That's what we're gonna do. Oh right? yeah, we gotta do it. <laughs> but nah, yeah, I gotta just stay tuned. How, how everybody out there beat me on IG, mm-hmm. Twitter. I got another project probably dropping in another 
two to three months, another full length that I'm really excited about. That's all I'm going to give y'all for now on that. But so when I drop that, I definitely got to come back up for sure. And yeah, I'm going to send it to you early to peak, but it's it's wow. And I got to, I'm, I'm, I'm staying busy. I got a bunch of stuff cooking up and a bunch of stuff in the works. Just, just stay tuned for sure. Oh, big up, <laughs> big up, bro. People out there, go. what I like about this show is sometimes people haven't heard the artists that are on with us. We had Luca on the other day and people have been like, oh, I never knew this guy, but thank you for, you know. And so with you as well, people do go check out all the other work because it's stupendous, bro. It's less different. It's different to everything else. And I love it. And I love the way you're going on, bro. So yeah, absolutely. So before you go off then, Got to ask you, I ask everyone before they leave, uh, what is the last great piece of music you heard? Could be old, could be new. Let's not say Ghetto Boys as we talked about them for an hour. Is there, is there What was the last great piece you heard? It's funny, this whole week, mm-hmm. I was listening to the uh, Downward Spiral from Nine Inch Nails. Like, <laughs> let's go. Great, top five. Top five albums ever. Like, I mean, like nah, yeah, I'm t- like, it, it's an album that whenever I hear it, it gives me like, how I said resurrection always puts me in like a certain zone of creativity in mm. that I'm just like, yo, like this is this, this my music gotta be as powerful as this. Like that's how I always felt about that uh downward spiral album ever since I heard it over 20 plus years. <laughs> Bro, you've inspired me. I'm gonna listen to that tonight. I was thinking, what am I gonna bump tonight? You know, after you know, after the recording, bang, nine inch nails. I'm going in, bro, because of you. So yeah, much Hell love. Yeah. Much love. <laughs> But bro, thank you again for the energy, for the for the input, just your takes on this amazing album and just generally and yeah, just keep smashing it. Like I said, doors are open. We're doing a few horror film podcasts and I know you're a horror film fan. So oh, yeah. I, yeah I, How about you for that? I, I gotta I gotta come back through for that for sure. Big, big. I want to do something <laughs> on 1982, bro. Because I was looking at 1982, was it 50, 40 years ago? And I was like, holy shit, look at what came out in 82. You got the thing, put basket case, uh, fucking Woo! basket case. I need to do something on basket case. But yeah, either way, uh, we will hook that up, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, just keep doing it, man, and keep smashing it. And yeah, keep spreading the word, bro. That's it. Hell yeah, appreciate it. Boom. Peace, bro. Peace. <laughs>